Hi everyone, it's Rosanna. If you didn't check out part one of my interview with Tunde Alaniran, go back and listen so you can understand context. And if you have heard, you can pick up right where we left off with part two right now. It's my party, you're invited. Don't be shy, just get excited. You ain't gotta be a stranger to me, to me, to me. Now I would like to do define this, which is kind of Mm -hmm. like your description maybe of what you think the words mean. Because I think it would be really entertaining. Honestly, though, I feel like I have a really good intuition about these things. I think I'm going to do great. So I feel really confident going into this. Let's go. Let's let's get this. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I'm really glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So the first word is nut, N-U-T. N-U-T. Tunde, what's a nut? That is, that is when you are playing the game and you think someone has the ball, but actually they were storing it like a squirrel. So the, the ball has actually been buried <laughs> elsewhere on the field. And the ball you have is a decoy. So you have a ball, but it's a decoy ball. Maybe it's something crudely created. You know, it's like balled up tissue and there's a smiley face drawn on it or like the Wilson from Tom Hanks movie. But really the real ball is buried like a nut in the winter by a squirrel. So the player quickly unearths it and carries it across the um, entry way to make a point. And that's nut. That's a nut. I had to mute it at one point because I was crying, laughing, You dying. were shocked by so, how <laughs> accurate I was. I know. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Well, yeah, that was a yeah. truly lengthy response. <laughs> <laughs> and the actual definition is that the nut is just the ball. <laughs> so, the ball. Yeah, it's a ball. So I guess See? Exactly. Maybe not like 1% mm-hmm. of that definition maybe, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the second word is barrack. Like an army barrack. Mm-hmm. What do you think you that want me means? To define that? <laughs> yes, please. Um, you know, it's probably where the players have to wait until they're called up to play. That seems that seems like it, right? Yeah. So, honestly, that's a pretty good definition for someone who knows nothing about it. So in Aussie rules, it just means to cheer for a team. So here mm-hmm. in America, we say root, and they definitely mm. don't say that there because that's a completely different meaning in Australia. So if I were to say, like, I root for there, it would be so strange because it'd be like, I had sex with my team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people assumed your podcast is going to be about to start, but I'm all, now they know better. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You're welcome. More, <laughs> Thank I you. Uh, so the third word is falcon. Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, so every team has a mascot. And, you know, there are plenty of indigenous animals that, I mean, that are indigenous to Australia. And uh, falcon is, you know, obviously a falcon. Mm-hmm. And plenty of teams have different breeds of falcon that represent their team and the game starts with their trained falcon ceremoniously dropping the ball from a great height it's trained to fly very elegantly and it drops the ball and the nut uh goes into play and then people barrack for the team and it's falcon okay bonus points for including the 
other words. <laughs> so it sounded maybe real. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. A falcon in the AFL is when you're hit by the ball in the face or in the head. So Because it's dropped in from a great height. <laughs> Could be, this? could be, could be kicked. Come I mean, on, could yeah, be. okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I'm so excited for what these other words are going to be. <laughs> what is selling candy to you in terms of in the AFL? Selling candy is something you are, you should be suspicious of. And, you know, we teach children to be wary of people that are strangers selling candy. So if you're on the field and you have the, the nut, and someone is trying to, they're trying to get you to give them the ball, but you don't trust them because you don't trust, they're, they're selling candy. You know what I mean? So they're, they're not, they're, they're a little shady and you want to avoid them. So you get around from selling candy from the people selling candy because they're, you know, they're not to be trusted. They're strangers to them. They're another team. It's a strange team selling you candy. So <laughs> I'm making the craziest sounds over here. So I think I love your conviction. <laughs> Just going into this, well, you know, so is this and that. I told you I was there. I told you, yeah. So I love the suspicious minds. So selling candy is when you're a player holds the ball out (laughs) and pretends to run in one direction and they switch it up. Running in the other direction. Okay, it is like a fake out. I will give you that part of it. It's an untrustworthy something you, you don't, you okay, don't believe you it. You can't, you can't trust it. Half a point for that one. Half a point. <laughs> I might have to upgrade that to a point if we don't get any others. Um, <laughs> what is a worm burner? Wow. Um, this is something that has been hotly contested by the AFL regulators. A worm burner is when you are going for the original, the nut that was buried, and instead of running across the field, you burrow underneath it to get to the other goal. And it's not something that everyone uses, but it's very effective. And people are just like still trying to figure out if it's a legal thing to do, but it's still, it's like disputed at this point. I love these colorful definitions. Okay, so a worm burner is when you kick the ball and it just kind of skids along the ground. I do think a lot of the definitions Mm. do sound like what they're meant to mean. So the opposite is a rainmaker when you just kick it really high up in the air. It goes up in the air. (laughs) So there you go. What is a (laughs) rain comes from the sky? I know that. Great. I'm glad that a half of our brain can compute that. I'm so, so grateful. <laughs> what is a screamer? Um, That is probably when the ball is kicked or thrown so fast and at such velocity. We're talking like it's being, it's like superhuman strength. The Hulk threw this ball and it goes screaming by the other player and they're so freaked out. They don't even try to intercept it because it's just like, going by so fast that actually sounds like that would be something real i think if i didn't know anything about the sport i might believe that (laughs) (laughs) so a screamer is like a specky or a spectacular mark which would be kind of like an outrageous catch oh that makes people like freak out in the stands and stuff it'll involve like a player climbing on top of the back of another player when they catch it it's really one of the most exciting Mm. things i think in the sport and what i love to watch um Okay, yeah. so the next word, and these are not like 
Is this the well, last one? Well, word? there's two more. <laughs> I'm sweating. No, I'm, I'm just they kidding. I'm just it kidding. doesn't sound like what you, like it's not a bad term, but it's not going to sound great when I tell okay. you. So, white or yellow maggots? Excuse me, sorry. You said white or yellow mm-hmm. maggots? <laughs> what does that mean in the AFL? Huh. White or yellow maggots? Is that like when you get some kind of violation and the ref like throws you a card and people hate them. So they call them maggots. Cause they're like, we don't want to get those violation cards. Ding, 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 ding. Oh my gosh. Okay. Really, right? really close. Hey, you definitely get, hey. I think like two oh. bonus points for that. Well, oh. no. So it's, okay. they All are right. the umpires themselves. So generally they're the field umpires uh-huh. dressed in white or yellow. Yeah. And when people are kind of mocking them or being really disapproving of their calls, they're just ridiculed with that. But that was really a great guess, honestly. And the last (laughs) one also is not (laughs) as crazy as it sounds, but white line fever. What does that mean? White line fever is when... (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be rude. Uh, Let me say, like, someone's just... I just feel really blessed. You know, my dad... um, he is a prominent politician and he bought us amazing seats. We're really <laughs> close to the action and we just freak out because it's just really blessed to be this close to the, um, to the, to the game. That's hilarious. I think that's a really good guess. It is not anywhere sure. close to what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this, no, this is my okay. other, this is my other, this is my other definition. It is when the team is like, you're going to be like, how many guesses do I get? <laughs> but like when you're really on the edge of getting a point and you're like, we just need one more, like it's like really close and, and you, you can taste it and you're like not quite there. And so everyone's like freaking out like, oh my God, and the game's almost over. And like, if you can just eke out this last point, then that would be white line fever. Also a really good guess. <laughs> Both honestly sound plausible, I think. I really am just, I wish I could listen to the listeners, listen to your definitions more than anything. They're going to just be those, that emoji that I send you, just the eyes, the lips, and the other eye, just like staring into space. They're like, uh, what was that? emoji with the eyes and no mouth. So mm-hmm. white line fever is a player who is particularly aggressive on the field, but they generally aren't off the field. So it's just kind of like they go out there and just all of a sudden roll into a different gear. You just kind of turn into the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, I guess we can move on to, is that legal? I have just a couple of short, just a few short videos of moves that I wanted you to tell me, is that legal? And by that, I mean... Like no mm-hmm. penalty in terms of a suspension, you know, is that move basically allowed? So if you want to go ahead and watch the first one. Okay. I see the first one. You're right. If I could oh. get him fit and playing well, oh. Oh. suddenly it looks oh. impressive. Oh, oh, Lewis um, is not moved. Well, he just got clotheslined. So I'm going to say no. I Hopefully that wasn't legal because she basically like took a, an entire knee to your face. Okay, so I had Toon Day watch in 2010 the game between Hawthorne and the Western Bulldogs, and it was Jordan Lewis getting taken out by Jared Harbrow. So actually, there was no penalty for that, if you can believe. So he, the position that he is, <laughs> the position that he is in on the ground in is so 
tough to watch, but actually, so the player, Jordan Lewis, he came back on the ground in the final quarter and he played, which I think he says now he would have taken time off for that brutal hit. With a concussion, right. Uh, yeah. Right. And I think in fairness, that would absolutely be a suspension now for multiple games and weeks. I just think that sometimes, I mean, this is my own interpretation, but I think the repercussion stems from like the result of what the blow was. So the fact that he came back on, you know what I mean? And played. Oh, so if he had a state, okay, I got you. Yeah, okay. so potentially, I, mean, uh, I don't know. That still <laughs> looked horrifying, but God, I good, good for you. Uh, all right, so next one. Yeah, like the first 12 seconds. All right, let's see. Sure. Rewarded for his hard work. Playing a free kick. Martin, the handball, didn't need to play on there. He had Robinson right there with him, but he keeps going. Oh. He has flattened Stefan Martin. They play on the Brisbane Lines, and it's inside 50 to Rich. Okay. Huh. So I'll describe to everyone. Um, well, go ahead. You tell me what you think. So it looked, it honestly <laughs> looked the same as the one before, but this one didn't look as hard. And this guy looked like he's like milking it more. Like it looked like the impact wasn't as hard. So Gaz pushes Stefan Martin into Stephen May, who knocks him out in the 2016 game between the Lions and Gold Coast. Is that legal? I think it's going to be no, just because of the way he's, like, reacting to it. Okay. He absolutely got a five-match suspension for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. Well, the yeah. funniest thing is the guy who pushes him into the other guy. I'm like, what about Kaz? Like, what does he get? So maybe plausible deniability for him just because he maybe didn't know. But he clearly pushes the player in front of another player to get taken out. So mm, that's such an interesting, mm-hmm. but the player who took him out is the one that got the suspension. The pusher got nothing. So interesting. Yeah. And I'll have you go ahead and watch the third one and you can tell me if that's legal. Here we go. Okay. Watching the footy and seeing their team doing well. Going well. The cats here at the moment. Dangerfield with the clearance. In fact, ooh, that's a little dangerous. The finishing part of that tackle. You get in, Johnny. So for listeners, Sean Burgoyne is laying that infamous tackle this season on a Geelong player. Um, I'm gonna say because it's interesting. It's like legality is really subjective to the call by the refs. I'm assuming, right? Or yes, no? I mean there are like rules. the penalty. <laughs> But yes. But right. But like, okay. I'm going to say that that was ruled, that there was a penalty for that. Shockingly, there was not a penalty for that. Wow. And I think it was because he also got up and played on. I know. So it's, it's really interesting to see some of these hard hits and knocks and bumps because a lot of the time, just even as a viewer, you're like, oh, that's, you know, you're getting two weeks for that. And sometimes the calls are really, they're case by case. So it's really interesting. Um, A lot of the times it's just you're fined. But a suspension is... What do people say? Mm-hmm. What do, like, fans say who are, like, freaking out over the call by, like, a ref? Oh, like, what is, see, is it, like, like, a phrase that people often not say? on the field, they will absolutely erupt on social media. Twitter always mm-hmm. lights up when you see a call. It's always interesting, too, if... For me, I'm watching from the outset, even if I have a team and it's my team playing, I'm still... You know, you want to be objective. 
um, depending mm-hmm. on what's happening. But sometimes I've seen some really brutal where players are getting concussed left and right. Mm-hmm. There was one I was going to show you, um, but I didn't actually put it in the mix because the video doesn't really do it justice. So Marcus Montempelli, just one of the players, went up to Nick Haynes and just kind of checked him, like clocked him in the neck. And both players kept on playing, but it really looked like the player who got hit in the neck was having a hard time. And we found out later that the player who just kind of decked him, it's a pretty typical move. He shattered his esophagus. So there's definitely, yeah, some brutal, and I don't, know if I've mentioned this to you before, but they don't wear protection at all. And there's no I was just gonna say, it seems or anything. Like getting beat up <laughs> is part of the game. So yes. I'm like, you just need to maybe have one or two pieces of protective gear. Like, please. Maybe, I guess that might make you not as agile though, because you're using your whole body to like move the ball down the, the I'm all playing surface <laughs> of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. I, I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to keep this part in, but I will say that when I first started watching No Jockstrap, I just assumed they, the players were wearing one, and there have been mm-hmm. ruptured testicles, I think just <gasps> twice in the time that I've uh, maybe wanted to practice, but yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. Is there, is there some, is there like, is there some kind of resistance to basic protective gear? Or like, what's the what's the I mean, deal? There are rules where a CTE is a big thing. Concussions. We obviously know the repercussions and the aftermath. You know, stemming from years mm-hmm. and years and years later. But I think there are rules that are supposed to govern around that, so that those things can be avoided. But sometimes when you're just running after a ball, or you know, when you're just getting after it, you're not really thinking about what's around you. And I think it's just one of those things where. It, like intention, I do think. Do fans is a big want thing. there to be? Are, are fans like happy for them to be wearing protective gear, or is there some kind of like we want to hold on to the tradition of how it has always been played? And there's like a cultural resistance to protective gear. I'm not. Really sure. sure. I think I've asked that before. I know that a couple of the players will wear a modified helmet because they've had so many concussions. But in a marking contest, like when you're trying to go for it and you're trying to catch a ball that you've seen, technically you're allowed to, if you've still got the ball and you're protecting your area of space, anything goes, which is crazy to me. Mm. So, well, the mm. funny thing is I was going to sidebar because when I do watch calls like that, I think of your brand new pop song that you released and what literally runs through my head is the lyrics. Don't call it right when it's wrong. Yeah. Maybe we've been wrong all along. Bring me along. What's going on? We don't want to hear it. No, leave us alone. Just go to bed. But I'm really curious about if you could just tell us what the inspiration was behind the lyrics. So Tunde dropped a song with all caps WDWHI, and it's short for We Don't Want to Hear It. Yeah, the song was, you know, kind of just written in a in a session with a friend. And I think the initial inspiration is just that feeling. I think that we have gotten increasingly isolated, you know, socially and really using different things to like comfort ourselves, even though we're like worried about climate change or in in the US, there's like huge, you know, economic disparity. There's so many issues that it almost feels overwhelming. And I think that at the same time, we're all really like kind of encouraged to ignore it, to like go binge a show, go have some Taco Bell, go have some 
do something, medicate yourself, like, and there's something wrong with medication, but like do, do something to numb your senses. So you're not like freaked out or so that you don't look too closely at what's happening. So that was just interesting. Yeah. So the idea of that song is like, we as a collective, all these things are happening and we just don't want to hear it. We don't want to listen to it because if we do, it would mean fundamentally changing a lot of things about our lives that would really scary to think about. Um, Or what we want to believe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, again, I'm going to be playing that in my head over and over again. So I guess the next segment really is just one fill in the blank. I just was curious okay. about, you know, so much about the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am an expert. And what is your question? <laughs> a self-appointed <laughs> expert. So yep. in 2010, in the grand final, which is like the Super Bowl of the AFL, so the scores were tied at the end of the game. So both teams were level. How do you think the winner was decided? Mm. Well, obviously, each team's falcon had to battle it out in the sky, and they outfit each falcon with, you know, their own kind of, like, protective gear that also has, like, razors and knives at the end. So it's a really bloody blood, feathers. It's just really a gruesome show, but um, it's the only, I think, traditional way to to determine the winner. (laughs) A a bloody, gruesome show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... Honestly, I was wondering what you were going to say. Like, did they go into overtime? Was the first team to score, like, kind of your guess? Obviously, it's always <laughs> going to be really colorful, but it's you. Was it a coin toss? I mean, so a draw. Well, I was not a coin toss because watching watching this game, no, no offense to Buddy Listener, it looks really out there as far as, like, they're just getting punched in the face. Like, I'm like, so I just like, okay, like my normal sense of what would happen just can't really, I can't use that for this sport clearly because y'all are on some other, on some other ish. And you know, I respect that. Be different. I think that's really cool. They're definitely strong and bold. So in 2010, the grand final, the Super Bowl of the AFL between Collingwood mm-hmm. and St. Kilda. So a drawn grand final is decided by a replay of the entire game the following week. So it's like, it's like it never happened. So they played the entire. I mean, can you imagine like the infrastructure and everything you'd have to do for, and like the excitement level and just everyone's feelings up until, and then you get to the end and it's just kind of this numb feeling where you, and they did it all over again the following oh, week. Isn't that so, so crazy? So who won? Collingwood. Okay. So by like a big margin, or was it like still really neck and neck? Um, you know what? I'd have to check back with that because I can't remember. I, th- I feel like if you win it twice, if you get, if you like, that's like bragging rights for a while. I'm but don't you think I'm you sure. deserve like two medals for that if you've played two <laughs> games? I just feel like there's not I guess. enough. Yeah. So I always thought that was such an interesting thing, and up until then, that is what happened, and the rules have since changed following that, but. Just even the financial aspect of that, you know, having well, right. to, or people who like I drove two hours to come exactly. see this game. Like, are you coming back? So like, people have uh, taken holidays. They have gone out of their way. Exactly. Especially if it's your team and they haven't gotten there in a while to the final right. game, you know? So yeah, that was such an interesting thing. So next and Wait. oh, go ahead, please. Well, so wait, you said, sorry, the next the next week or the next day? When, when the did they play it again? week. Like they don't get much rest time and it just happens all over again. And we rewrite history and pretend that the first one never happened. Like everyone That's pretends so that it never happened. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like as a fan or club member or someone who's watching an aficionado, that must be so difficult, especially if your team is in that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that I always thought was really interesting. But the last segment actually that I have for you is just player or politician. So I've included some photos for you of some people and I just want you to, you can describe if you want to or how you came to the conclusion or whatever, but I just want to know number one and what you think. Let's see. This is a distinguished gentleman. Um, I see the initials JH. I don't know if that's significant. Oh, sorry. I'm assuming those are his initials. (laughs) I just kind of marked him in my own way, but actually it's Jared Healy with a G. So that's okay. He looks like, I think I'm going to say he's a retired player that became a politician. Good guess. Good guess. So Jared Healy was a former player for Melbourne and Sydney, and he's currently a commentator. So good okay, guess. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he looks like he, he got a little, he got, he came through and made it out the other side. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, uh, the, the next, next one, I'm not going to say his name, but I want to know what you yeah, think. The next guy <laughs> I'm getting, I'm going to say politician. You're actually really good at this. So he is looking at a picture of Tony Abbott, and that's the former Australian prime minister. Yeah, he looks like he's got a lot on his mind. So I'm just like, yeah, he looks like he's been, okay. he's had sex, he's dealt with a lot. What do you think of number three? And not just a traumatic brain injury. Um, <laughs> Number three, um, I feel like he's probably a player. Yeah, I'm going to say player. Okay. So Tunde's looking at a picture of Wayne Carey, and he was a former superstar player for North Melbourne. So you're actually doing really okay. good with all of these. Okay. And next. Let's see the next one. <laughs> uh, huh. This guy could be honestly either. I'm going to say... I'm going to say player, though. I'm going to just say player. Okay. So, Tunde's looking at a picture of Patty Dangerfield. He is a current player for Geelong, so congrats. He was actually the player that, in the video earlier, was tackled by, like, the third video I made you watch by Sean Burgoyne. So, I didn't mention his name because mm -hmm. I didn't want you to Patrick Dangerfield. So, yeah, he's a current player. Um, I guess I got to find. I love that you think I would have had the brain capacity to like remember (laughs) the name that you mentioned because you've just been spitting the names out at me. Okay, the next picture. Hmm. This is a tricky one. I'm going to say, I guess I'll say politician. Okay. So far, I think you've done really well. So Tunde is looking at a picture of Michael Gunner, and he is the current chief minister of the Northern Territory. So shout out to my NT listeners. (laughs) Great job. Um, Okay. What about the next individual? Just a couple left. Okay. Uh, I feel feel like, hmm. I feel like he has to be a player. He looks like a player now. But you could be throwing this in to like trick me. But I, I'm gonna just go with my initial and just say player. I might be trying to trick you. I <laughs> Okay. That's hilarious. So Nick Revolt, and he was a former superstar player for St. Kilda, and he's okay. definitely a commentator now. He's married to an okay. American from Texas. Oh, really? So yeah, she's literally oh. from Waco and they met in Vegas. So I always like loved his story. And what about the last oh my photo? Gosh, huh. MV. I feel like I really, he's, this is, I, I, I'm like taking way too much time and like putting way too much <laughs> energy into this. I, I, I'm going to just say politician just to shake it up. Okay. Well, 
out of all of them, this is the only one you've gotten wrong. So this is a photo of Michael Voss, and he was a former superstar player for Brisbane. But honestly, you did really, really well. I was trying to get most photos of, it's literally just a headshot that he's looking at, mostly in a suit, so that I could Mm kind of make it like interesting. And I think Michael Voss's background has like some airways behind him, but I cut the Mm. wording out. And behind Wayne Carey, there might be something global there. But Mm. yeah, I was trying to find photos. I thought that would be tricky, but I guess the other half of my brain must be I'm kicking. Firing <laughs> all pistons, yeah. So, what's next for you, honestly, with your projects? What's going on? What's like the direction you're headed in? What do you want to share? What are you working on? We're so interested. Well, I'm so excited to announce that I am going to be a, an exclusive Falcon trainer for the <laughs> AFL. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to um, stepping in (laughs) (laughs) and just bringing, you know, honor and dignity to that sacred, hallowed tradition. But um, beyond that, I'm going to be happening. When's the start? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how fast can a falcon fly from here to Australia? That's that's the date. So no, um, I'm going to be with the University of Michigan's um, University Musical Society. We're going to be releasing a series of singles through next year, and I'll be releasing an album with that and doing a lot of like digital and virtual, hopefully like performances and experiences that I think the challenge of, of the residency that I've talked about with them is how to make a virtual experience still feel emotional have some emotionality like within it. So that's been my challenge. I'm also working on a film with, in partnership with a art museum in the States called Cranbrook art museum. It's an art museum. It's also an art school in the state. So learning how to write for film and we'll be directing that. (laughs) And that's going to be like a really new experience, hopefully either next year or we might go into production next year and might wrap the year after. Um, yeah, those are the two those are the two big things and other than that like just trying to be happy and healthy, you know. I love it. I love that the pandemic hasn't slowed you down. You are that yeah. idea factory where you're constantly churning and I'm so excited too about these projects. They're a lot more prestigious, I think, than you even really make it sound. I love that you're just <laughs> casually doing some of these things, but they're pretty major for anyone who's stateside or on, you know, in the U.S. So, well, don't make me think. If I think about it too hard, I'll like freak out. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just you know, just doing some things. <laughs> Falcon it out. Congrats. Mm -hmm. I definitely am so excited and we're excited just to hear the music that you're going to be releasing too. And hopefully you'll come back. I don't know if we'll be able to let that happen. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you have (laughs) listeners after this. I feel like they're going to literally be like, what was that? (laughs) Like at the end of this. So I just want, I just want to say to all of your (laughs) listeners, everyone out there, all you AFL obsessed people out there. um, I'm sorry. So sorry. For putting you through this, I really feel for you. Again, I was under duress. Um, I love that you think against my will. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's it's been it's been fun, and that's all that really matters. So I feel like the entire ending would just be you just being like, "Thank you." (laughs) That's the only words that I include. But don't silence my voice. You know what, listeners, I would love to know what you think of Tune Day, AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail, and AFL Obsessed on Twitter. I would just love to know what you think. 
what you think of his music, what you think of, you know, just being a newbie to the sport and what his definitions were, his reactions to things. I think that would be really fun. But what are your socials so people can find you? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm. it's my name, at Tundeo Laniron. So T-U-N-D-E-O-L-A-N-I-R-A-N, at Tundeo Laniron on every platform. <laughs> just on all of them. So you just get a blanket. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for being my quarantine correspondent. I <laughs> <laughs> We're such big punishers. I'm surprised we haven't thrown too much of that into this mix. I was expecting one at every turn, but... Thank you so much, Rosanna. <laughs> Signing off from Flint, Michigan. I'm Toonday Olani Ron. No, I'm just kidding. That sounds like your stand-in bot, but I yeah. couldn't have had a better time. And happy 2021, everyone. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you, and we'll talk footy soon. And thanks, Tune Day. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Maybe there's a lesson I've been given. Know some wisdom from the stories that I need to tell. And everybody's hoping and scraping and wishing they could be something outside themselves. If I can be me, then you can be yourself. Might not be easy. It's like we're never satisfied. Never fit in a new dread he was given to weave a singular vision. Could never be avaricious instead of quiet, ambitious. No reason left to resist.